Welcome. I know that you've been reading The Atlantic, Emily Oster's little op-ed piece saying that we should all now carry on. We should, we should move on and recognize that I don't even think she said mistakes were made. <laughs> she just said, um, bless her heart. Cause I, I kind of looked her up on Wikipedia and she is, she is a, a youngin. She's a youngin. So maybe, maybe we can forgive her for, I think she's 42 now. So is that count as millennial? I don't know. I've lot, we gen, gen Xers are just so used to being boomed and, and, and Z'd and, and millennialed out and nobody's paying attention to us. And it's time for us Gen Xers to admit that we knew all along everything, all of this that's been happening. And I, you know, I could say, how did I know all along back in spring 2020 that indeed we were about to be hit with a giant something or other? Um, partly because I've been listening to Vox and all of you guys talk on, on um, Social Galactic and such. Um, and also because, well, I have... Of course, the thing that clearly Professor Oster needs and doesn't have, which is, ooh, look, a crystal ball. <laughs> now, if I could simply as a professor of history see into the future so well, was it because I had a crystal ball or because maybe we, I was thinking about the whole problem differently than she was? We are going to do the archive tonight, check the memes, check the story and say in the nicest possible way we told you so welcome to the mosaic arc I've got clearly the ability to see into the future because back there, and I can prove it. I can prove it, prove it, prove it. And to a certain extent on my blog, I was, I knew that back in spring 2020, I would want to have this moment <laughs> when I could say, yes, I told you so. I saw it coming. It was completely obvious throughout January, February. It was probably, I mean, I feel like Vox was starting to already talk about it before that, but it was certainly entirely obvious to me, January, February, 2020, that something was building to happen. I was teaching in my Eurociv course and we were doing the French Revolution because that's what always happens in the winter quarter of Eurociv. And it just felt like another of those event moments, right? That there's, there's something coming, there's gonna be a big event. And so indeed, when everything started playing out with the lockdowns and the two weeks to flatten the curve and the masks and the 
oh, we need a vaccine by March or April of, of 2020. It was so clear that we were in for it. And I can prove it because I'll put all the links on my blog that I was writing at that time. Yeah. Yeah, we, we knew. How did we know? I mean, this is this is so Oster in her Atlantic piece. Um, I did, you know, mildly look her up just a little bit. And, and she is younger than I expected. I thought she was more like my age, and but she's she's was born in 1980. So maybe she missed a lot. Maybe she but you're you're younger than she is. So how did you know? That's a good question. Um, third world experience. Mm, say more. Well, the, uh, the reef, so I'm going to fix my volume. The, re the, the reflex response in Australia, uh, as it was across the world, was to accept this thing called lockdown as a health intervention mm. policy. And as soon as people started to discuss lockdowns and social distancing, I thought, how is this going to work in East Africa? And then I thought about friends, uh, people that I know that are living there, the conditions that people are living in. And I thought, this is ridiculous. This is impossible. You can't lock down people that are living in the Nairobi slums or uh, on the outskirts of Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, where they're uh, living hand to mouth from day to day. Um, I also found it very curious that uh, the president of Tanzania had uh, immediately suspected that this uh, hypochondriac hysteria was uh, going to be imposed on third world people and they weren't going to be given the options on how they were going to respond to the health crisis in the most appropriate way for their own population. So that's why I was immediately thinking, okay, something is very, very wrong here. Mm. Um, East Africans don't have savings accounts for the most part. And I thought if there is a woman who is raising 12 children on her own and she's going out to farm seaweed or to work in a cassava field in order to get enough uh, together to uh, put food in her children's mouths, a lockdown is a death sentence for somebody like this. So I thought, okay, so why is this being recommended as a, as a global solution to confection, uh, infection control? Mm. It didn't make any sense for me for that, for that perspective. I mean, so I, I mentioned saying I was, I, you know, teach the French revolution every couple of years and there is a kind of arc to the way the, I mean, it's, it's not hysteria is, kind of the wrong word because there's an arc to the conviction that builds mm. as people get into these these moments and it's interesting with french revolution because it's it's another of these cataclysmic overthrows of a of a, of a society a social structure that began out of debt like the, the french government cannot pay its debts and that's why they have to call the estates general and mm. uh, you know the, the the it's it's meant simply to be a reform of the financial system and it turns into in the matter of months right from may to uh, august you know storming of the bastille and the overthrow of the complete feudal system the dovecots are are i'm afraid destroyed 
in, <laughs> in that time. Um, and this, the things that were happening in, in 2020 just started feeling like it's, it's one of those moments when every day is going to bring another one of these cascading falls of the house mm. of cards. And, um, you know, I, 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 I've talked. I think we we talked enough about the pharmacae and the big pharma and my you know, distrust yes. of, of medicine and such like that. But but there was also this just. I mean, even as we were going in in March and it was going to be two weeks, I knew it wasn't going to be two weeks. I was telling you know family members, you need to get out of whatever this or that situation you're in because it's going to be longer than two weeks. There's no way that this is mm -hmm. is simply going to be brief. Um, and and the the post that I wrote that I'm thinking of in my blog was one COVID to rule them all, one COVID to find them, one COVID to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. I was also, of course, teaching Tolkien that spring. <laughs> and it was it was so clear that this kind of absorption of the world into the fear, one was mm. one was already wiping out memory. I mean, I, it's, it's interesting to me reading that post yes. from May 2020, and I'm already talking about how I can't remember what it was like two months ago. Yes, I, and and sort of, I we t for tonight's stream we asked you know friends in our social media to give us memes and the memes flooded in. Whatever we do tonight is floating on a on a, a, a an ocean of the memes that we selected from. There's there were more than we were able to put in the slideshow. Well, that we would put in the slideshow. We picked we were we got a little picky, but this this feeling of wow, it's really it's been two and a half years. Where, where did that mm. where did that time go? Where did the the I, I, it's hard to believe it was two and a half years. I mean, two, it was not two weeks. It was two years. I knew from the beginning it was probably going to be at least this long. And yet I'm still surprised that it, it's been so long. I feel centuries old now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like two years. It feels like 200. <laughs> Well, we've been through this well, kind of, of time warp, and and this is this was the other thing with yes. the French Revolution. It's like you go from 1789 to 1794, and 1794 was the terror. I hope we're not. I hope we're not in a lull right now, and the terror is still to come. Maybe it is. I mean, we, you know, the people are starting to die suddenly. Um, suddenly, suddenly, and and we, you know, we have had to restructure governments. The governments are are being restructured. Although we're we're sort of we're we're let what Marx said famously about history, you know, repeats itself first as tragedy, then as farce. We may be at farce level now because we're definitely repeating other things that have happened since World War One and the 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 masking and the vaccinations and the, the panic that happened in the autumn of autumn winter of, of um nineteen eighteen. And we're I, we're also obviously repeating to a certain extent some of the the propaganda effects that played out both in world war one and world war two but but the farce level i mean that we ended up with, with mainly memes thus far for the this this event but there's but there's still this you know you go from 1789 to 1794 and there's this rupture of time right we, we do this as historians like, mm -hmm. oh you know after that it's all you know different and it's not you're not, they're not wrong i mean people there were people that lived through the terror not everybody was executed tens of thousands for mm. sure but but there were people who lived through it and they find themselves they're no longer aristocrats they're no longer um you know have the social status that they did napoleon comes in and disturbs everything and rejigs it and rearranges europe and 
emancipates the Jews. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's layers and layers already. But but just in that five, you can the world can change in a very short amount of time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It has changed. It has changed uh, here in Australia to a remarkable degree. What, what have you noticed? What I mean, what are you able to notice? This is the problem with the, if we all have this kind of amnesia, what do we even remember? What have we forgotten that mm. we don't remember anymore? Um, well, uh, I've said this before, you know, people here are not even discussing the lockdowns. Wow. To me, this is an interesting thing because for a lot of people, this is quite possibly the most traumatizing thing that's happened to them in their lives. A lot of uh, young people have spent significant percentage of their lives um, in lockdown in Australia, and yet people are not really discussing it uh, amongst themselves socially. I think there is an incredible pain, and nobody wants to, no one wants to touch it. Um, so how how it's changed there is a odd sterility to social interactions now mm. that i find what didn't exist before I do. so one i think you all had you know throughout australia there are different layers in different states but you all had a lot yes. more severe lockdowns than i think even i don't know california <laughs> had here and i i think i yeah. i mean i can tell on our social media interactions not everybody i mean even the you know i we've been talking about this in in the telegram chats for the last few days people not believing you about what it was like and saying oh you know following oster's mm-hmm. claim it's like oh we should we should forgive everyone mistake you know we didn't know we didn't know we didn't know I think people didn't realize I was going through it as I was on Telegram talking to everybody because I didn't talk about it very much while it was happening um, unless I was writing about it on my channel. But I don't think people really understand what happened to this entire continent. It was like what it was like living through the, the Red Terror. Uh, so uh, We've, we previously had a federated commonwealth where all of the states cooperated as though they're one country. In 2020, the states practically declared themselves uh, sovereign political entities and the, the, the governments of each state began to run the states as though they were um, uh, completely independent city-states. Mm. And... Uh, this seemed to have worked well in America, but in Australia it was catastrophic because we have a very interconnected social system here. We, I mean, most people will have family in different states. Most people will travel for work in different states at some stage. Um, a lot of rural communities are living where their, uh, you know, their town village or their small city is literally uh, on top of state borderlines and the border runs right through and they've got to travel across a border for work every morning and then come back home into another state in the afternoon. So when this happened, suddenly people were cut off from extended families, from hospital services, from work, from, uh, from their neighbors, uh, just everything, uh, was completely interrupted. And, um, for the first time, 
For quite some time, Australians were required to operate as though they lived in a state and not in a country. And, the, you know, they started to talk to us as though we, we lived in states instead of within the Commonwealth of Australia. Um, and, uh, you know, for anyone paying attention, certain states were a little better than others. Uh, we, had, uh, we had some world-class uh, public health measures implemented. And Australia's got the got the gold medal for lockdown uh, <laughs> rates of lockdown well, had, anywhere you, you on earth like it was worse than Brazil and dogs and uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean horses being raced you know we, I mean the, we I you showed yes. me footage from from different parts of the the country so I, I do have have mm. seen some of that but um the kind of I mean, it's it's we did. I mean, we had the street protests in 2020, but they had nothing to do with the coronavirus lockdowns. About <laughs> BLM, <Yes>. right? <laughs> with the irony of why is everybody out there in these giant street protests, and yes. apparently we can't go to church. Yes. Yeah. Oh, all the churches were closed. Liturgy was suspended. The priests were organizing liturgies and broadcasting them. They were live streaming the liturgies, but we weren't allowed to set foot on. Uh, church property for a very long time um like so stories from different states and and how how wacky everything got at one stage uh the australian state of victoria that had decided to lock down everybody put them in their 8 p.m curfew uh with the one hour exercise uh allocation per day per person um it closed Every business, except for supermarkets and uh, medical facilities, emergency medical facilities, gyms were closed, everything was closed, but the brothels were open. <laughs> so churches were closed, brothels were open. I'm not really sure what that says about... <laughs> what constitutes an essential worker or not anymore. I mean, it was like hilarious kind of uh they to anyone who was actually paying attention to to those kinds of things and a lot of people were they were horrified because the christian community just wanted to go to church and pray for everybody to make sure everybody was safe um and of course you know a lot of them were quite happy to congregate uh safely but they were prohibited from doing this. So I don't really know how you can go and visit a brothel and social distance. Well, I mean, the social distance, all of I mean, these, we knew, we also knew from the beginning, all of these measures were silly. I mean, the, the yes, yes, <laughs> the masks and the social distancing and the, oh, we'll just try everything. And, and the, I mean, that, that, yeah, except for the medicines that were, people were saying would actually help. I mean, that, that it's, it's like, I, I don't want to like land too hard on Oster because everybody has for the last three days. And of course, mm. you know, when she, she, um, these, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Right. And we have all the headlines and, and the, the, you know, the tweets and stuff that she's, she's put out over the past couple of years. Apparently she got in some mm. trouble by saying, no, oh, maybe we should, you know, open up schools or something, but the, the claim that oh we you know we didn't know and everybody was just trying out whatever could possibly work at the time i mean i've had um 
you know, one of my family members was saying to me, it's like, you know, wasn't it interesting? They suddenly had all those stickers to stick on the floors in the airports very, very quickly that all were yeah. six, six feet apart. And it's like, you know, okay. So the, 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 the sort of rollout of the containment measures seems to have been a little smooth for something that people were just trying Oh yeah! Oh, they 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 erected permanent street signage in in uh across the country in wow. Australia. It's still up. Yeah, they're still advertising. No one's taken the signs down, which is bizarre. I mean, I gr I grew up in the generation of uh, graffiti artistry. Yeah. <laughs> where there was no flat surface that was safe, um, and no one's touched them. Uh, it's it's very very strange. There's there's this kind of uh feeling of, um. You know, it it all being very sacred and hollow, and you can't touch the signage, even though everybody's back to normal. It's it's they just a very very strange down. thing. So the the chat they're not taking the signs down. No, the chat is asking Mike one thousand. What made Australia lock down so hard? I mean, this is the Oster is here in the in the states saying, you know, we we were just trying, mm. we were innocent, we we didn't know it was this you know this massive uncertainty, but did it feel like it was out of uncertainty in Australia? No. No. No, it didn't. If it was a feeling of uncertainty, they would have seen what they were doing to the population and stopped. Yeah. Uh, I, I posted on this the other day, as you know, and I said that uh, I'm not going to blame the government because it's not their government's fault, which is going to piss everybody off. It's not the government's fault. It was a bureaucracy that did it. Public servants absolutely got behind the most draconian, anti-social, anti-life interventions you could ever imagine and refused to bend with any degree of elasticity, even though it was destroying people's lives. It wasn't a whoopsie, like, oh, whoops, we just don't know how to contain this little virus. Uh, I mean, imagine being a boring person stuck behind a desk job who never has any power, and then all of a sudden everything you say has effect on everybody else around you. That's what happened in Australia. We have very egalitarian culture mm -hmm. here. Uh, and... Um, there isn't anything like an acknowledged class system in this country. We've never really had aristocracy. Uh, I mean, we've never had a kingdom, even though we've got <laughs> a royal as a sovereign of the Commonwealth. But in terms of the way that th things work here, um, you know, convict attitude's always been very anti-authoritarian. So we don't really like it when people are, you know, they get too big for their boots or like we don't like tall poppies. We have tall poppy syndrome. Right. So even if someone is a multi-millionaire, they keep it very quiet. We don't really like people uh, ordering everyone else around based on status. What happened in COVID was like, uh, I think, unrealized desires for some kind of social hierarchy that people have been um, denying exists for a long that time. That is very interesting. Yeah. That is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Cause it was like plebeians and patricians. Yeah. It really was. And then the equine class, which is always forgotten about in Rome. Mm -hmm. I like the equine class. 
but the uh, police horses were the equine class. Well, they are. They're knights. And yeah. Very yeah, good point. Yeah, and they were the ones that were sent out to stifle any kind of public uh, protest or any of the, the lockdown measures. So why things got so crazy in Australia, I really think that the people here were hungry for some kind of uh, hierarchical and authoritarian approach to ordering everyone else around that they can't admit to. They can't scratch the itch. Uh, and they did very much scratch that itch. Um, people were crying, setting themselves on fire. People immolated themselves, two separate people, um, in one state. Uh, I know several people drove their cars into the ocean off piers. Um, what else happened? So I can't even think. Well, so like, this I, is, I can't even remember it I started uh, saying that I could tell this was coming because I, would, I was studying the French Revolution. Mm. And what I described to you, what happens in, in 1789, that summer, it's like they, they have this election to bring the Estates General together, which is you know, the representative government in, in the old style, which they haven't done for 150 years or more. Okay. And they have to elect the, you know, the, the representatives of the clergy, the representatives of the nobility, and then the common, the estate, the third estate. And, you know, they, they, ha they, they go through this big, you know, process of electing their, their representatives. They end up with a lot of lawyers. <laughs> um, mm. And they all come, the, the, the delegates all come to Versailles and they're meeting in the, in the royal palace in different rooms and, and so forth. And, you know, by way of different things that happen over the course of that summer, including, you know, the storming of the Bastille, which is complicated and, and odd and heads on pikes and stuff like that, they get to this point in in august when they're hearing about all these riots and food shortages and you know breakdown of of of, of order and such out in the countryside and on the 9th of august 4th suddenly all of the delegates by now they've reconstituted themselves as something other than those three estates but they all come together and the nobility start giving up their titles to privilege mm. right it's it's like it's it, the the effervescence of the 9th of august 4th is is one is usually described as not the storming of the bastille but this 9th of august 4th is the origins of the great the true revolution which is the overthrow of this this social structure that they weren't even aware of being there, there had been you know protest against what was the third estate and you know what was the nation and, and questions about that before they convened but nobody was planning on <laughs> completely you know overturning the entire social structure and what you're describing okay. what you're describing is it's almost it's like reverse it's like we we we, we yes. ended up with this incredible egalitarian equalitarian social structure which indeed makes people unhappy for different reasons Hmm. Let's yes. explore this. Madame Defarge, the original Karen, Casey. <laughs> oh, well, and she's fictional, thanks to you know Dickens. But yes, Madame Defarge sitting there knitting the names into her into her knit. I only remember that from Tale of Two Cities. Um, there's something about it's like we have just witnessed some kind of reorganization of the social hierarchy. Yes, that makes very that much makes so. sense. And we're watching it with like the overthrow of the institutions of trust in science in in academia in not so much in business. I'm not sure where we're going with that one. 
the the academics like Oster, we've we you know they kind of blew it because mm. <laughs> they 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 were too confident in their statistical crystal balls and not not students of enough, enough history. Well, we had the the most obvious uh, distinction made between the different classes, which was the essential and unessential workers. Mm. So that was the first step yeah. to the segregation, um, telling people that they were unessential for over a year. I mean, <laughs> imagine the psychological effect. Right. On being told you're unessential to an entire society. So, uh, again, I'm not really sure exactly how, how many of the international uh, audience here understand exactly how things dipped from first world conditions to third world. Uh, the food banks in Australia were uh, almost completely overrun with demand after the first six months mm -hmm. in 2020. The lockdowns and the um, destruction of, of the open economy and the introduction of the essential economy, um, it's, it flooded the, the, the food banks to the point where they had to close because uh, they were told by police that it was no longer safe for them to operate openly on the street. Um, yeah, as, as one example, so already they'd created this very foreign sense of uh, poverty because mm. Australia has never really seen it before. Real poverty, like old world poverty, third world poverty. They've never seen it. Suddenly people were hungry. Um, and yet the uh, the decision makers behind all of those kinds of uh mandates, they did not relinquish their decision uh, to continue preventing them from working to feed themselves. So when I see the Atlantic article, mm. you know, uh, Ulster saying, we didn't know. <laughs> Whoops, we're sorry. She doesn't even say I we're mean, sorry. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. what's, it's, it's, it's extraordinary about that. It's saying we were, I mean, her, uh, her, her, her strong claim was we were operating in conditions of uncertainty and nobody knew. Well, the food bank knew. We were very certain that people were starting to starve. Mm. Um, that's not a that's not a condition of uncertainty. Uh, this is what this is where I think the memory loss becomes so dangerous because people don't actually understand exactly how much of the social um, structure was completely destroyed, right. uh, and very very quickly. So the food banks knew. Um, and then, of course, uh, different charitable organisations, they were, you know, they understood it. And then the national health, uh, mental health telephone lines started to report that their call intakes had gone up. And then they started to report that the people that were calling them, their age had started to go uh, mm. down. They were getting calls from children. Then they started to report the statistics of all of these children that had started calling suicide hotlines to tell everybody that they were harming themselves and they needed somebody to talk to them because they wanted to murder themselves. 
And when that was reported in mainstream publications, people still didn't discuss ending the lockdowns. Yeah, this is, I, as we're talking about this now, I'm saying, yeah, we, we, we just lived through this. We know what it was. Yeah. I knew, I knew how it felt. I was saying I knew from March, 2020, that it was going to take longer than two weeks, but mm. nothing of the, I mean, and, and, the, and they're claiming it was all about the disease, you know, propagation and worrying about, but we knew it wasn't. We, I mean, it's like the, 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 there's, there's an interesting story going around now that I've seen a lot in the clips that, that come through our university clip service that, um, that, that acquired immune deficiency syndrome is actually genetic, genetically, um, you know, uh, whatever developed out of the, in the European populations because of the, the effect of the black death. Excuse me. Are you kidding me? Right. It's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna look. The, the, I'm looking where the, the chat is gonna be entertained by this, right? Whether whatever happened in the 14th century in, in Europeans developing immunity effectively to the Black Death is now going to start issuing itself in the development of of acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Way to like, pretend that you didn't just inject people with something that might have that effect. Oh no, we're gonna have to hurt we're, my brain. We, I know we're gonna have to pretend that it's actually medieval. <laughs> it was a dark ages. Problem. It was a dark ages. The dark ages brought us like no, the dark ages was two years ago when you were suddenly. I, and and I want I want to like I really want to get into this. What did we feel happen to society? over the course of all of this, because we were constantly being distracted and deflected with the, the statistics and the numbers and the, you know, mm. the, the counts as, and everybody knows we all been, all of us have been watching all of the way the charts changed at first it was deaths and then it was cases and then it was who knows yeah. what, right. It's, it's, it's no matter what you need to keep, keep the, the statistical fear heightened, but that, Yes. And and we did also recognize that, you know, there's the debt bubble and the countries that are having to deal now with the, the collapsing of our economic systems and such. And that was the, there. But what you're describing is the ground level willingness to participate in this and what that meant for this whole social structure. That's where I focused most of my yeah. attention. I just did, I, after a while, I had to tune out to statistics because I didn't care. Because to me, it seemed quite irrelevant when I was looking at what was going on in front of my own face. Yeah. And this is what people stopped doing. They were following the screen. The screen was telling them the stats, the stats, the stats. These are the numbers. These are the numbers. These are the numbers. I was looking at my country, which now feels like a foreign country. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I always make the joke we got deported in 2020, and they, they just didn't want to admit it. Which which but, arc did uh, you get set on? I mean, I think we're, we 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 yeah, have exactly. we do have this arc imagery for what we're doing in the streams here, with this feeling of being in this this the you know this little subset of people that sort of floated off. Yeah, yeah, it was like Gilligan's Island, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then uh, <laughs> of all of these odd eccentric disparate people who'd co collected together to say you know what the hell's going right. on here but so you you know you've got the statistical hip hypnosis people that are glued to those mm -hmm. numbers then i was looking around thinking 
this place is hell on earth. I like. Do you guys notice that kids are miserable? Like everyone looks uh, depressed at best, psychotic at worst. Um, people are pushing each other out of door, you know, sto storefronts. They were fighting over toilet paper in the supermarkets. Um, like just just a basic observation of what was actually mm. happening nobody was dying in the same thing i haven't seen one body even though that's what we were presented with way back in 2019 you know it was like wuhan oh my god the chinaman is dying in the streets and it's like there's bodies everywhere and quick <laughs> load them into the ambulances Honestly, well, that's that's why the black yeah. death imagery is so important to I me. Mean, the the chat's yeah. talking about is the acquired symptom set only to be found in euro populations who knows i mean i one i couldn't read that article but two um i, li I like this mike is saying six centuries to create the curve yeah <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> how, no, that, that we've stretched the epidemiological yeah. argument to, to be out outside of the 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 band that we were being, being trained to pay attention to here but yeah that you know yeah. they were they were they the wanted evidence. it to be like monty python bringing out your dead with carts of dead and yeah yeah I mean, that's what it was presented as in Northern Italy as yep. well. You know, my friend, my friends in Italy, they said, oh, you know, have you seen the footage? La, la, la. The nonna, she's being loaded on the, the trolley and in the hospital. And they're, you know, all these old Italians are all getting loaded into, you know, uh, ambulances. Well, I was thinking, hold on a second. Italians like Greeks when they're old, really like going to hospital. <laughs> they'll call and they'll go to hospital. They're, it's like a day spot, yeah. okay? I know this sounds harsh, but it's a cultural thing. <gasps> I'm going to die. Take me to ambulance. Right. So there's that. There's also the fact that they're old already. We don't know why they're being loaded in. So I was like, okay, that's what the media is presenting to everybody. It's all these people getting loaded into ambulances and dead bodies on the street. In Australia, nothing. Crickets. Nobody collapsed. I didn't see a single person collapse once of anything. What I did see was a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people assaulted in the streets for not complying with orders. Talk talk a bit more I've about. I've seen a lot of people injured by this. No, can you can you? Because I remember seeing it's like you're talking about the equine class, right? The, that that one yeah. there was that one video of the guy in that white horse that he got arrested, right? Oh, <laughs> we say, oh the hottest man in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back knights and horsemen, yes, but. So, um, you know, that we, we were getting some of the videos of, of your street protests and the horses were obviously mm. both on both sides of that. Can, can you describe yes. any of the, give us a bit more detail on, on some of the, what was going on with the guy and the horses, what was going on with those, the policemen and the horses? Sure. So, uh, the police force, uh, in every single state were, instructed to annihilate any people who had decided that the public health measures were actually not only dangerous but potentially fatal to people. They had been, I think, briefed in a lot of cases that this was anti-government protesting, which is why I refused to pin it on the government. 
because this is the rhetoric that's being given now, even in New Zealand. Oh, well, we've got to watch for these people that don't like what the, the government did with COVID and blah, blah, blah. They're anti-government. It wasn't that at all. It was normal people that realised the bureaucracy had hijacked their ability to have any say in what was going on, had started organising all of these protests uh, that were going to be peaceful little rallies here and there, um, but they were immediately met with <laughs> armies of stormtroopers. You know, it looked like it was like Star Wars. You know, you could hear the music in the background. Right. Dun, 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 just like insane use of force, very early, very quickly. Um, a lot of uh, police officers on uh, mounted police officers on giant horses. Now, Australians are not an armed population. Mm. They're also very relaxed in the sense that we don't even have soccer riots here. You know, it's not like in Europe where you got like a bunch of drunk Englishmen and the football team loses and they're <laughs> running through the streets like smashing statues or nothing like we we have no culture whatsoever of giant outbursts of public violence. So suddenly groups of families with small kids were facing lines of mounted police officers on enormous horses, yeah. enormous horses. There was that, what, that um, one woman, was that, no, was that in, in Australia or Canada where that woman in a, the cane was trampled? That was in Ottawa, wasn't it? That was in winter. Yes, we had tramples yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were also trampled here. Um, and, uh, you know, from, from the perspective of a lot of us that were sitting down and looking at this, we, we thought, hold on, this is, this is inappropriate use of force. There is no threat here to public safety. Because if you were actually scared of getting infected by something, you would stay inside. You would not go and meet the infected super spreaders in the streets. Right. You would all stay inside and avoid the, uh, you know, the, the contagious uh, vectors or whatever the hell that they'd been reclassified as. I'm, I'm having so, so much trouble as we're talking about this feeling like it was real. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so interesting. It's strange. Well, because all of these Aussies rock up and then they're met with an enormous show of force, suddenly they're realizing, hold on a second, we're now in a kind of combative mode against our own police force. Mm -hmm. Whereas previously, uh, we've not had these kinds of street protests. Even with incredibly large demonstrations, things like, uh, you know, the Iraq war protests that happened just after September 11, when a lot of people were saying, no, we do not want to go into the Middle East again. Right. We're done. We're done with Uncle Sam. Please don't involve us anymore. We never had these kinds of uh, violent kind of interactions. So once they brought the horses in and the stormtroopers, who were completely de-identified, they'd removed the human presence even from the political protest uh, situation. Mm. We were no longer dealing with humans the uh the bureaucracy and the force had started to even speak about people as uh super spreaders right they're not human anymore and the the super spreaders were they were not even allowed to look on the face of the officers that were uh trying to disperse the groups right. or, or push them down or whatever so everybody was de dehumanized 
So I was looking at this thinking, oh my God, this is going to escalate. Once you've taken away the human element in these situations, it's over, it's done. People are not going to be uh, rational. To the credit of the Australian people, they retained their rationality, even though they were given absolutely no reason to. But, uh, you know, a lot of these rural uh, rural people saw this and thought, well, okay, if they're going to use horses against unarmed civilians who can't fight back, we'll come and join the protest with our horses. So that's where you see oh, a sexy see, horseback guy yeah. who was like, they can't get all of us right. and riding yeah. across the border. <laughs> Um, but but again, so this is this is a problem for historians because when you read again, I'm going to keep the French Revolution as an yes. example. When you read mm -hmm. about how these events happen, it, it, I mean, it's a challenge for his, historians <clears throat> to imagine why people got so caught up in it. It's like, how mm -hmm. do you, I mean, Madame Defarge, right? How do you end up with the French setting up in the middle of their major city? Yes, a, a place of execution where they, you know, on a daily basis, march people to the guillotine and chop their heads off. That is like, I mean, it, it's it's up there with the Aztecs, you know, making their mounds of skulls and things like that. And you're saying, yes. how do you get there? And that, you know, we're, we're constantly being told that we have to beware of becoming Nazis. Right. But it, you know, over and over and over again, we could feel this, you know, the willingness of and and you you're you're making a distinction that I don't think I understand between the government and the bureaucracy and and some of the oh some of the chats um, wondering wondering about that that as a as a problem but if you could but there's the yeah the sort I'll, of I'll make a distinction who is actually behaving how in all of these situations because the French you know it is the 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 sort of tale of two cities sort of version of the women sitting there the tricotes or whatever they are sitting at the guillotine mm. you know watching the daily executions of the enemies of the state of I mean, like it it's 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 total war without frontiers and dehumanization but the thing is the 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 point about the french revolution it was all very bureaucratic yeah. They they had mm. they had constant meetings about all of this. They have one of the texts that we yeah. use for the the courses when they're debating over they've captured Louis who was trying to flee and was in fact trying to organize counter revolutionaries against against them mm. with the monarchs of Europe and so forth. They capture him and they have these long debates about first whether they can have a trial and then whether when they have the trial whether they, they can you know should they execute him or not and and they're they're sort of weird discussions because. They're clearly going to kill him no matter what, <laughs> but mm. they have to make sure that they vote correctly for it. It you know the 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 kind of it's it's this the I mean the bureaucratic assembly level democratic insanity of procedure. Mm. You're going to go through all of the correct procedures. Oh yeah, yes. Well, procedure is not human; it's mechanical. Mm. I mean, this is how they assuage their guilt and for being complicit and for uh, colluding in human destruction because you say, okay, I was following orders. I was following the procedure. We did everything in a committee, so it's okay, right? Right. If, if it was rape by committee, would it be okay? People in these bureaucratic mindsets tend to get into this headspace, which is why I'm saying it was a bureaucratic okay. uh, tyranny and not a governmental tyranny, because our members 
you know, our members of parliament, they're the government. They've been elected. We haven't elected the bureaucrats. They're just there. Okay. Our elected members of parliament did debate. They debated publicly. Some of them were obviously absolutely... Uh, <laughs> satanically determined to hold on to that COVID ring of power at all costs. Others, they stood with their people. But that's what I'm talking about in terms of like blaming the government. Mm -hmm. That's your elected parliament in terms of how it works in the, in the Commonwealth of Australia. To blame them, you can't. If they give an order to the bureauc bureaucracy that's illegal, the bureaucracy has a legal obligation to refuse it so we were given we were all given immoral and illegal orders i think the maxim in law is you know the the precedence uh of the of of, of what's permissible by law is that if something isn't constitutional by definition it's illegal and therefore you can't enforce it because if by enforcing that law you're breaking the greater law than what you're doing you know you can't do it right. so Australians sort of forgot this because everything became about process and procedure instead of thinking, hold on a second, are we operating by rule of law? Which was the right, which in my mind, now that's the rational process because law and the law, uh, rule of law requires rationality and an understanding of the human being as a whole complete person, not as a unit that can be shuffled around in a kind of mechanized industrial factory system. The bureaucracy here spoke about everybody in that numeric statistical uh, industrial right. and uh, process, you know, assembly line way. And so when everyone started to think about everybody else like this, well, that's how suddenly everybody started to get very scary. Because it's not well, it, people it's, it, it's, it, that aren't following mandates. It's it's potential numbers. It's potential then. numbers, right? It's like it's it's yeah, the statistics yeah. of the death that have to turn everybody into numbers, which yes, de-identified. Yeah, they were matriculated. I don't know if that's the right word. It's probably not the right word, but. As I noticed how people were talking about things here and how people were talking about their own friends and family, like it split entire households in Australia. Right. There are people now that are not talking to each other. I mean, there are a lot of people now I'm not talking to or they're not talking to me. It goes both ways. We may never speak again after what's happened. You know, it's a kind of Rwanda-level hush-hush uh, about... Um, uh, about everything that happened, but essentially it was a tribal kind of element to it as well. Well, it certainly they had, would... it, I mean, in, in these, in the States <laughs> we had, I, I mean, families got broken up in the same way that happened mm. in the civil war in, in the sense of, you know, some people would, some people would be saying that this is nuts and the other people could say, no, you must do this. Otherwise grandma's going to die. Um, mm. But the what I, I like what you're getting getting us to. So the chat is interesting. Samuel H. Bureaucracy is evident here in QLD Queensland, where the chief health officer became governor. Oh, yes. Queen King's rep. 
Mike is Mike yes. is saying wearing masks aided in the dehumanization. Yes, I mean we've we yes. did the, the means. Yes. So what what I'm what I'm um recognizing is when we collected the memes which i'm showing as we're talking it's like all about the vaccines and the tests and the nonsense and and i mean we in this community were pretty always pretty clear that something else was going on behind the i mean there's the there's the physical medical shenanigans yes. that they're playing and to the degree it's depopulation or or whatever but the, the what we you know what we're trying to express now is the feeling of how it never could have happened if the people hadn't been going along with it. No. And, um, no. Everybody that chose to mask that didn't need to help it to happen. Right. And that's because suddenly there were no faces, which means there were no people. There were just masked blobs. It affected everybody's psychology to only see this for the best part of two years yeah and then when i would walk around obviously unmasked because i have legitimate medical reasons for never having worn one you have legit uh, i mean yeah you're human i mean <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it's a religious requirement for me to breathe um the the nervousness was unsettling Well, I was always very people focused on the masks away because from... people people's eyes always looked afraid. There was I mean, it's like the, the number of conversations mm. I had with people, and they I mean I would I mean I might be being me, and they're, they're, they they may have reason to be nervous, but they, I felt to me like they'd be afraid no matter what, right? That there was just this fear, yes, fear behind behind the mask, and um. I, well, I it, guess... even if it's not a fear of infection, it's a fear that they're going to catch refusal. Right. To be associated with somebody who refuses. That's dangerous in, in French Revolution conditions. Oh, yeah. I think I, I said something at some point about, you know, we're all wearing the cockade now. I mean, mm. whether you have to wear the mark that you're one of the sans culottes, you have to wear the mark that you're with the Republic, yes. you have to wear the mark that you are. So it was, it was, um, you know, so the, the meme that we have up now, I don't know who Destiny Gentry is. It wasn't the suicides. It wasn't the mental health. It wasn't the struggling families. It wasn't mm. the domestic violence. It wasn't the developmental delays. It wasn't the closure of businesses. It wasn't the extreme poverty. It wasn't the side effects that finally shut it all down. It was the polls. Hmm. That's why they're lifting the mandates. Their polls were down. That tells you all you need to know about politics. But but the thing is, the po yeah, it's right in that it's the polls. But it's it's still this, you know, to this day mystery to me why the more more people didn't start responding to just saying you know I'm I'm on campus and you know hmm. where I have I have one of my the masks that I wore when I had to be like in in the in the hallways on campus. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> I had, I got four of them in different colors and they were actually, you know, technically true masks, right? Cause they have a back on it and the, yeah. the, but, but what was, you know, this is a slave mask. Mm -hmm. And, um, although because of the beads and stuff, it, it, it prevented my face from being fixed. Right. I recognize that the, having the, the movement on the, yeah. in the beads was actually helpful. So it meant that, 
whatever I was doing, I was still alive, whether as opposed to hmm. fixed you know, this that flat fixed face that you get when you're when you're covered. Yes. I I think like the you know uh, maybe uh, particular people were worried about political polling, but everybody's worried about the social polling. Everyone's worried about that. And I don't understand why everybody's worrying about a social credit system. It already exists. Well, it kind of always has, it, right? It's it's it's, it's yeah, it is society. It's it's it's, it's will you yeah, stand out yeah. against what absolutely everybody else in the in the group is doing? Yes. Yes. So to see someone unmasked, uh, there was no consideration that, oh, perhaps I'm standing next to somebody who, for whatever medical or biological reason, can't be wearing one of these things. It was, oh, God, you're one of them. Right. Uh, and fury, absolute instant fury at any any of us that were seen to be uh, carrying this uh you know, the real infectious disease, which was a re refusal, refusal to take orders. So, um, but I think it was, you know, even, I had a I mean, pointing out, it's not even always orders. So I, right now what I'm showing is, no. is the signs that I have for our prayer group on campus now, which I'm saying we're the control group. And even though they've taken the, yes. they took the mandates off that we have to test weekly if we're not registered in their system as, as vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And I said, we, you know, the the small numbers of people one day we're going to get, you know, the crowd. No, it's like I never got a crowd. I, I got, you know, mm -hmm. people, people now that the I'm this is what I am, you know, continuing to worry about. And, you know, you're worried about it doesn't matter that the mandates are gone now because the mm -hmm. the the human tendency to bring them back is still there. And we were fighting about this in my my chat which yes. is how we ended up deciding to do this particular stream tonight rather than some others that we are equally explosive that we could actually still talk about um you know wondering what you know why can't we just forgive everyone for making you know socially forcing everyone to go along by shaming them and making them feel uncomfortable? just like mm. because this is i mean i kept wanting to say it's like well as how does a christian do it because this is how jesus ended up crucified the crowd goes mm. along with it because they're, you know, the varied levels of which is it. But, you know, how do you end up with, so, uh, now I've got the one COVID to rule them all ring up. This is my one meme and it didn't show back up in the, in, I'm sorry it didn't circulate widely <laughs> enough for it to come back around to me in my, my trawling today. The, um, the way Sauron ruled was wanting to control others' wills, but the control of the wills mm. is completely in your own i mean that's quite literally the one thing we have that's free is our choice yes i mean people wanted to control other people's breathing mm. and now that's a scary thing for somebody to admit to themselves like whether or not this uh atlantic article author really has set, had a, a moment to think about this deeply but for two years Everybody had the power to control and regulate another person's breath. Yeah. It's satanic. And if there is any kind of moment where people are able to sit down and think about exactly how addicted to that, that they, you know, they were, they have to go through that, uh, 
wonderful hall of mirrors of looking at their own sadomasochistic tendencies, <laughs> which a lot of people haven't gone down that hole and uh, probably never will because it's quite dark to admit that you're capable of doing that kind of thing. So again, it's like, oh, it was a mandate. It's a mandate. We're policing the mandate. We're enforcing the mandate because it's the rules, because this is what everyone needs to do. And don't you want to keep us all safe instead of just really understanding the whole in a second, you've got control over my intake of oxygen. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even slavers like buying Bantu Africans out of the Congo and taking them onto boats, never had that level of control over their own slaves. Well, that's why we cut the off the oxygen mask, supply. Right? That's a, yeah, the, harem, uh, the women, the slave women. Yeah, the harem. I mean, Casey is yep. saying, I was screamed out in the street when maskless, mask hole. This was from an elderly woman. I mean, and <laughs> I'd, I'd say women, of course, we are the ones that make society work. The Karens work on both sides. <clears throat> but we're also the ones that hopefully can break out of that and say, stop it. Well, I was really disappointed in the prostitutes. Personally. That's going that's going to end up in better. the clips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want a better quality of whore. <laughs> I was really disappointed. They make good money. We all know they make good money. They're independent ran businesses that didn't close down a single day. Oh. They were politically protected by the state. Because, of course, you know, uh, uh, that's kind of a thing in one of the Australian states. They had their uh, profession uh, authorised as a profession, right? Um, you know, they were in a great social position to stand up and say, what the, what the hell are you doing to your people? With nothing to lose. It's not like they're going to lose business. <laughs> Nobody's never going to want... Oh, she's got the wrong political opinions. I don't want to have sex with her anymore. Come on. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, they had zero risk. None. You're already a whore. What are you going to lose? And yet they didn't say anything. Hmm. And one of the politicians in the state of Victoria is an ex-prostitute. And uh, she was one of the, the, the most ardent uh, and, uh, you know, unfeeling enforcers of all of these mandates. Okay, there's a, there's a clue in, in the there. In whole country. There's definitely yeah. a clue in there of what's going on. Tell I me. Well, I need to think about French it Revolution? because, one, no, no, that, that, that um, brothel, Silent Draco, brothels are our parliament, but on the other side of the blanket. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, and I'm continuing, it's like, as we're going, I'm going through the memes and, you know, here's here's christ being crucified i have to i have a family to feed he didn't do what they told him to if i don't do this i'll get fired i'm just following orders my boss told me to i have to think of my future right that it's i mean that's a classic it's a, it's a you know modern picture showing the the crucifixion but it's a classic medieval understanding of you know our sins did it but the mm. you know the sins and the excuses that people keep making i mean and I know, and I wrote about this. I remember it. I've lived through it. I am really upset that the feeling of what we were fighting has dissipated, because I know it's not gone. I know it's still some somehow out there and can be activated again. 
People need to understand what they've done to the younger generation. I think that's where it's going to come from. Something. It's it's the only way. It's the only way I can see everybody pivoting from complete denial and getting activated again. Because. But this, I mean, this woman, the the woman who did the Atlantic article, she one had. It seems she has children, and two, in her own mind, had been standing up for the children, even though now she's trying to say, "Oh, you know, we need to move on and not not be." blaming everybody i mean what we, you and i whatever we're saying right now is we need to understand what we just witnessed mm. the, yeah. the you know quote civilization go through i mean it's 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 interesting with jesus's crucifixion because of course that was the peak of civilization in the in the period that he lived that he mm. became incarnate in it's like you know this world empire surrounding the mediterranean the most you know advanced law and tech and communications and you know arts and crafts and government and so forth. I mean, the Romans, the Romans, the Romans are otherwise, except for when you're reading the gospels, the Romans are greatly admired for their engineering capability and their government structures. And, you know, even some parts of Europe still live under Roman law in various forms. And, you know, we pray with Latin for goodness sake. And it happened then too. So this, you know, civilization yeah. is no guarantee of its own, you know, ability to withstand its own barbarism. Um, and you know, it, 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 I think maybe that's where I, we, we want to go with this. It, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bugged by her claim that we should forget about it because I don't think we understand what happened. And, and, and she no. has this, Oh, you know, we don't want to repeat history kind of thing. And I'm like, we don't understand. We don't understand. We certainly haven't. And I think some of this is starting to come out gradually we're far enough away from world war ii that people are starting to wonder have we told the full story properly there are elements of things that we've never looked at that we haven't considered as problems and they they were too horrible for people to consider immediately after they mm -hmm. happened and they're they're still not capable of looking at them now because they may show us things we don't want to see No one sees themselves putting on a uniform and trampling children in the street. I, I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 it's a crazy thing to describe. I see people here very differently now. There were parents with prams, you know, little like wheelie pushy mm -hmm. things that you put your babies in. And they were running from, uh, from semi-armed uh, police officers, you know, during those protests. And you were, pro Kids you were got protesting pepper sprayed mandates, and... right? You were protesting vaccine mandates. At... It was the lockdowns. The lockdowns. The majority okay. of the pro protesting that happened in Australia was against the, the lockdowns because the lockdowns were indefinite. There was no end in sight. They kept uh, letting everybody out, then announcing another one, putting everyone mm. back inside. Um, like, but without, without, I mean, no, but what you were saying nobody was dropping dead in the streets and people, you'd have those big street no. protests and you wouldn't have another black no. death. I mean, we had never had any black it was the death. There was no black death. It was the... No black death was involved. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was the numbers. The numbers say we have to go inside. We're, we're, we have too many cases, so the numbers were too high. Or we're expecting another surge, so we need to circuit break. They called it a circuit mm. breaker. 
I mean, it was a soul breaker. So there were all these parents at home that had been uh, homeschooling their kids, which wasn't the case because they weren't free to do whatever they wanted. They had to be on a laptop all day, every oh. day for over a year. Do you know, I mean, with those, those everybody that, watching, you know, like, there, there, there's a number of you, right? It's really hard to stare at this camera <laughs> and yeah, sit within yeah. this frame and, and perform for this. You know, it's like you're, you're, you're sending your soul attention down a fiber optic cable. It's, it's, you're, you're minimizing yourself into this photon. <sighs> yeah. It's actually, it's actually yeah. quite stressful. Yeah. They did Fun, it for stressful. Six, well, they did it for six hours a day for over a year. And this, and this is with no social contact, mm. no physical contact. I mean, it's a kind of deprivation. You know, you look at the, um, uh, I compared it to the story of those Romanian orphans, you know, during the yeah. that kind of weirdness in Romania and they held all of these kids that had been adopted and put in these orphanages. So their, their basic needs are taken care of, but they just don't have the love vitamins and you know the human touchy-feely stuff they all end up because they've been deprived so all of the kids in australia are going through some kind of similar situation where they're being deprived of things that are basic psychological and spiritual nutrition and losing their minds so the parents say okay well we can't handle it anymore you have to stop the lockdown so when people are looking at footage of protesters in the street running being chased um being you know, they were hunted, mm -hmm. basically. I mean, there were helicopters in the sky patrolling uh, suburbs all across the east coast of Australia, um, making sure that people were, were not out uh, disobeying the lockdown mandates. But this is the reason why people were in the streets. They'd done over 12 months in lockdown. People couldn't handle it anymore. Okay, and, and, the, and more, the more we listening. talk about this, I, it was like, I cannot believe it happened. Mm -hmm. It lasted so long, right? I guess at yeah. the time, what we were we, we yeah. were being told we were waiting for the vaccines was that we, how was it that we managed to and 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 all and always this terror of if if you if you let the lockdown shut down instantly the black death is going to hit and we're gonna, we're going to yeah. end up in in you know yeah. bodies in the street everybody's going to drop dead so during this time I say mm. um, I just spent. It says so those of you on my my social media my blog know I just spent the last several days with my cat dying she was dying um two years ago at about this same time of year first my dog died and I had I put her to sleep so she that this that happened a little faster but she was dying quite rapidly of a blood a blood disorder which is kind of weird and strange mm -hmm. and then after that I went home to my mom's because my stepfather was was dying and you know there's a variety mm. of things there one that you know my brother and I had to fight to keep my stepfather out of you know yet more interventions it's mm. the medical profession is designed to intervene and and the, yes. and the doctors are never designed to say except for my father bless you know thanks be to God and also the one who gave me the cat that just died so <laughs> you know so um that you know doctors are 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 trained to suggest something else you know oh doctor what yeah. can you do what can you do and of course what they can do is as watching my cat die you can prolong it a little longer but you're gonna die when you're mm. 18 years old and you're a cat or when you're 84 years old and you've been in a wheelchair for yes. four years with a spinal fluid leak right my my stepfather was dying and 
my brother and I had to fight to keep him simply in you know, like hospice rather than yet mm. another emergency room visit. Now, that's interesting, but it's also very interesting that so therefore we were in the hospitals in you know, win autumn, winter, November, December of 2020, in, in, allegedly in the time when it was all the most dangerous one, the hospitals were completely empty. There's yes. reports from Texas, we were in Texas, reports from, you know, like, oh, Paul Joseph Watson just did that video showing all of the TikToker nurses doing all those dances. Oh, we're under such stress, we're under such stress. And it's like, uh... The stress was probably the you know the his the the the, the pretense, pretense that everybody was about to drop dead constantly. How they were able to mm. kill those videos, I have no idea. But the the hospitals that we saw our stepfather in as he was passing, the VA, the the emergency room and stuff, they were not overflowing. They were empty. Whole wards were. It's like there was one ward mm. open when I went to the VA to see him as he was as he was dying. So the the level of ability that people had to believe the I mean, the narrative is makes it sound even silly, right? To believe that we were in the level of danger that we were. Mm. We wanted to be, I think the part is, I think everyone wanted to be, they wanted to feel like they were in a crisis. Um, You've activated a thought, which I think I'll share, because that'll give you an idea of why I was so level-headed and skeptical mm. about the bodies dropping down in the streets and why everybody did actually want to believe that it was happening when it wasn't right. happening. When I was in Tanzania, there was a ferry capsize. You know, they have these giant uh, passenger ferries. They're not giant, but, you know, they're uh, they're getting people back and forth from the islands to the mainland. And um, like everything else in Africa, it's overloaded. They don't have a capacity limit. It's just what we think it can take and everything, God <laughs> we'll willing, stay, will we'll be fine. We'll all get on it until before <laughs> it starts to sink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Inshallah, it'll be yeah. fine. With zero safety considerations, there's no life jackets. <laughs> there's like a human pile on top of this boat. And anyway, I forget the year, but... While I was there, one of these boats capsized in the middle of the night on one of its like longer journeys uh, across this particular channel of uh, water. Most of the women and children can't swim, and the men can swim. Mm. So, well, if they can swim. Anyway, I got a phone call in the morning from a friend of mine who was a, a doctor there. His wife's a nurse. And uh, they had another friend, another acquaintance of mine. So they're all doctors. So the first thing they get is phone calls that this has happened. He called me and he said, do you want to come and have a look? People can think this is quite macabre, but uh, they were offering me to come have a look and also help out because, you know, at the time it was like whoever can help is going to help. There's no emergency services. I said, sure. Um when a ferry of 2500 people capsizes you end up with a lot of evidence of death mm -hmm. everywhere and in a country like that it's not hidden and it's not you know cordoned off they don't put sheets and things up to hide it from everybody so can you imagine 2500 people dying in a single capsizing i mean it's it was like 
it was obvious that there was a lot of death everywhere. And in that kind of environment, people are uh, much more calm about it than you would expect. Mm. Because I think in that culture, they're still very aware of death. It's not, uh, it's not kind of tucked away. They live with their elderly. They see the dead. Um, you know, it's just a completely different approach to everything. That's what I was expecting when everybody said, we're being hit with COVID. It's coming. It's going to kill everybody. I thought, okay, this is what it's going to look like. I've seen this scene before. Right. I was in a hospital in Tanzania when a ferry had just capsized and it was full of people that were surviving or had just failed to survive um, partial drowning or whatever had happened to them during the night. So it's messy. There really should have been bodies on the streets, Doc. So well, I think so. The, this is good. I expectation one. There's two. There's two ways this go. One, the meme right now is is um, Saruman looking at his orc CDC director circa 2025. Do you know how the Vax <laughs> first came to be? They were a human once tricked by the dark powers, injected and mutated, a ruined, terrible form of life. Um, the, I mean, what Tolkien understood and what the elves actually are proof of is the problem with the desire for immortality. And and the Numenorians, yes. if if the the uh, rings of power had actually done something good with the story and, and dealt with the the lust of the Numenorians for eternal life, which is why they end up drowning mm. their own land, um, versus the I mean people people I think and this goes back to what you were saying about the hierarchy and the equalitarian and the people actually wanted I mean looking at those horses right you wanted some kind of one uh differentiation in power between yes normal people and horse people um but you also wanted some kind of it, it's 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 perverse because you say everybody was wearing masks and getting these vaccinations and such to avoid dying but what mm. they were actually allegedly allegedly but what they were actually doing it in the context of was the kind of thrill that we were we yes. were in a, such a dangerous situation that you could possibly die if you didn't wear a mask. Yeah, they yeah. wanted it. They, I mean, they actually. I mean, I I got that sense. I mean, I certainly got that sense talking to some of my some of my um, family that mm -hmm. they wanted the, that they wanted that level of of um, potential danger. Mm. They never scratched the itch. There's a lot yeah. of people that should have moved to the th third world. <laughs> Or, See, uh, they're it's like, and going, I say, you know, I'm a fencer. I get, you know, you get stabbed on, yeah, a, on a regular exactly. basis of practice. You know what it's yep. like to have someone, you know, it's like you've got your adrenaline going. Life actually yep. matters because you actually have something to to fight. To, to <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, we don't have enough adventure. We just, we simply don't have an adventure and trial yeah. and, and challenge. And, it's yep. I mean, I think it is kind of that simple. People are bored. Yeah, I I think you're right. Sounds really strange, but I'm I'm going through all of the people that were kind of uh, responding to the to the to the mandate and to the lockdown mm. and the curfew, you know, the imprisonment. We were imprisoned. Oh yeah, I've 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 been imprisoned, um, which is why you know the Atlantic suggestion that we just like give amnesty and forget about it. I mean. imprisonment it's kind of hard to forget right um 
but yeah, a lot of people were bored. And then everyone that was protesting, I mean, we had stuff going on in our lives that we didn't need any additional thrill added on top of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you kind of, you realize, oh God, this is the only thing that certain people have had to worry about for a very long time. Like seriously, this is gave, well, first I mean, it's world problems. It gave them purpose. I mean, mm. it, it's it's a sort of you know the follow the protocol. It gives you it gives you meaning and and and, and ritual and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but the the yeah, people love a, a, a an emergency. They always and when you're talking about the fairy disaster, right? It's like the you know any kind of emergency suddenly one you know you have an excuse this is what i wrote about in the blog the covid corona the covid ring blog post is it gave you everyone an excuse not to do other stuff right it's like oh the virus mm. oh i can't do anything because of the virus oh you know and and that back in back in 2020 that was that was all of my colleagues all of my campus colleagues saying oh you know the virus and i they they would be very mm. gloomy when we got on on zoom calls but i could tell they wanted it that way they they wanted to have something to be terrified of Mm. Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. We need to be chased by tigers. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, 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 it Maybe is that's true. it. People need to fence. People, people need to, people need to fence. People. It's, yeah. I, I will say it's, it's interesting. So Chicago was, you know, we did have. I do remember we did have some pretty insane months, right? It's like I couldn't go out to eat for my birthday mm. because you know I couldn't get in the restaurant without papers. Um, <laughs> yeah, really know, Lori Lightfoot, Chicago. Yeah, the most dangerous thing you can do is dine. No, <laughs> um, but it it's I I you know it's like I'm showing it here. We got the monsters. The whole the whole family got the coronavirus vaccine except you. I, I suppose I'm the pretty blonde now. Um, you know. Here's Kermit getting fat, March 2020, March 2021, and not going out. It's, it's, it's this weird kind of blend of, oh, you know, being afraid to do anything and desperate for something exciting. Mm. Yeah, but it's a contained excitement because it's completely under control. Ah, I mean, yeah. It's like an amuse amusement know, park, except for when you get crushed, when you're at Astroworld. Yeah. Yeah, the, the roller coaster. Let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. Yeah, bitch, we've been in lockdown for twelve months. I'm done with the roller coaster. Yeah, again. Ah, yes. you know, yes. like, oh my god, can you guys find some other form of entertainment for the love of God? You're actually destroying our lives. <laughs> no, but there isn't. There is an adrenaline yeah. addiction to this kind yeah. of. Yeah, and and I, so that's why I say you know it's like whatever. Oh, it was junky professor, behavior. Oh, totally. It was junky behavior. It's totally junky yeah. behavior. Whatever Oster is is wanting to be forgiven for, maybe this is it, right? You were addicted yeah. to this. It gave you purpose. It gave you strength. I could see yeah. that from the very beginning. My my academic colleagues, generically, right? Suddenly, the first thing that happened once the lockdown were declared was we were flooded with emails saying research opportunities around this, you know, particular disaster. It's like if if we're ever in some kind of you know the next disaster, just watch for the the calls for papers, right? <laughs> I, now we're saying they wouldn't need to censor so we were wrong am i wrong right and it's like that this is and and the sad thing is of course we don't we we don't like fake life 
We don't we don't like watching movies and getting fake adrenaline hits mm-hmm. and going to, you know, going to amusement parks and getting everything. It's like we actually want to be riding horses and yet we don't, right? It's like this this weird kind of yeah, the true yeah. schizophrenia is we want to feel like we're in this massive, dangerous, exciting situation, which of course those of us who are standing up against mm-hmm. mandates were. Right? I kind of miss it. It was yeah. exciting. I didn't know whether I was going to get, you know, thrown off campus from one day to the next. Um, <laughs> now I have a little sign that I pray. You were riding your own roller coaster. That I pray <laughs> next to, right? <laughs> yes. But 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 I also, I, I've also <laughs> been warning so people. Funny. It's like you cannot let yourself get addicted to whichever the most recent thrill was. Because then... Mm you know, you spend the rest of your life trying to regain it, right? Like if only we, it was still Woodstock in 1968. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't need a redo of that. I'm good. That that carnival's done. Like I've wrote, you know, I've been on that rodeo enough. We don't need to go there again. Maybe other people want to. I think people are missing it. They are. Like, I, I bet they are. Yeah, that. yeah they're, they're missing it. Um, but maybe, yeah, you're right. I th- people have got to, uh, admit that they're addicted to it. And then we have that 12 steps conversation of like, first step to recovery is to admit that you got a problem, <laughs> which means we can't really declare an amnesty. Cause then we're just going to forget that you got a raging, like, yes, high on your own supply junkie issue going on. Um, yeah, which is not good. That's what I, so this is, so we've got the FDA and drug companies when it turns out the FDA approved mm. drug causes cancer. Oh, it's my bad. They don't want to Whoops. say, oops, my bad. Even that, right? Yeah. Because they don't want it to go away. I, 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 I think they, 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 the they, the generic they that we're yes. sort of pointing to, um, it was too much fun from their perspective. Mm. I know it was, I could tell it was at the time. And of course I got, you know, I got some entertainment out of wearing my belly dancer mask on campus. These, I, I don't know whether I missed them, but Fabulous. I know it was, it had, it had its moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is why I like recovered or recovering drug addicts. <laughs> I, like I've really enjoyed, uh, I've really enjoyed Russell Brand's take on this. Mm. Even though people always insult Russell, I like Russ because you know he's a recovering drug addict. He understands addiction mechanisms. Right. So it was calming to listen to him talk about it because the way he was describing it, a lot of people, uh, you know, right wing say, oh, you know, it's just like kind of crazy hippie leftist who just like wants you know utopian socialism blah blah but uh no he he saw it he saw how people were behaving he described it it's like this craving that everybody has to satisfy yeah australia had a like raging addiction to control mechanisms well, there is a, so to go back to our French Revolution example. There is a sadistic mm. element here. <laughs> Just, Saad yeah, was, Saad was imprisoned, imprisoned, imprisoned in the Bastille, and you know, it's as E. Michael Jones uh, tells it, help tap, you know, help make the the uh, revolution happen. But there is, I mean, I the 
whatever sadism is or what the masochism is, you get off on the threat of the pain and the fear and the, mm. the um, and you know, it's erotic in certain contexts, sort of. Um, but the but the addiction the addiction problem that's why it's it hasn't left us. There's st- the, all of the, the those structures and mechanisms are still completely exactly where they were. Mm. Yep. It has to be addressed. It has to be addressed. Because if that like the you know the, the, when they were calling it the circuit breaker, but if that dopamine circuit isn't interrupted with uh discipline and rationality there's absolutely no way of being able to measure how people are going to respond if it happens again because now like any other uh addicted person their dopamine circuit is already wired to chase the dragon oh no yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah. So this is where I'm sitting here going, all right, you're all acting really normal now, but I saw what you were like in the last two years. Right. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen parties like Travis Scott level. Like this is why I was comfortable because you know I've seen a lot of dead bodies and I've seen people like collapsing when they're partying and everyone kind of ignoring it and they continue or they don't ignore it but they still continue, like these kinds of situations. Right. So I've seen what like really well wired dopamine circuits are capable of ignoring so now i'm sitting around looking at all of my friends and family and neighbors and i kind of think okay so you've been wired for this yep yeah um it has to be discussed it really does we can't let it go for this reason for this reason well whatever because you know like so the the generational problems right it's like the mm. the um my parent my my parents generation they grew up during world war ii so they're wired for one kind of trauma yes um you know the, yes. the baby boomers grow up after world war ii in the nuclear age and they're wired for another kind of trauma you know mm-hmm. me and the gen xers were born right after jfk is assassinated and in the midst of the vietnam war and, mm-hmm. and more cold war it's like each of our, each of these generations we have different trauma conditioning yes and i mean so the gen xers we it's like we grew up during with watergate going on and nobody trusting the government and they all lie and cartoons are all interrupted because they had nothing but watergate trials on all the time and you know the the sort of i i wonder about the gen xer skepticism of things so we grew up in the moment when you just didn't trust anybody Mm. because our parents were having to deal with the the you know dis, the dis, disappointment and disillusion of whatever was going on in the Vietnam War and my dad right he was he served in Thailand mm. we've all been trauma trained in some at some levels and it's going to hit people of different ages in different ways according to the arc that we've lived through this this is why to go back to um you know Marx and his you know history repeating itself it repeats because the generations grow up and then you either mm. you either try to recreate whatever it was that you remembered from when you were you know teenager and you reactivate it that's what we see the boomers doing right nancy pelosi never left high school we see that <laughs> <laughs> she's whatever she was in high school and she's still at right greece or whatever you know olivia newton john um so 
this is going to be interesting, the playing out of what the, the children, the, the, the high school students, the young adults, the, you know, Gen Xers, whatever we were. Yes. We're sitting here going, yeah, right. Seen it again. <laughs> what are you going to do? Our parents all got divorced. We, you know, we got like ground zero of, of certain levels of trauma. Um, yeah, we've got a lot. We've, there, this is, this is hardly over Professor Oster. Oh, it's far from over. Far, far from over. These are far souls that have been trained. Dragoned. Well, this is the final thing I can say on that, you know. In our liturgy, this this annoyed me more than anything. This this annoyed me more than lockdowns and curfews and helicopters in the sky and the, the cavalry. Our liturgy started to change. Mm. We do something in the Coptic liturgy where you do a holy kiss, you do this with other people's hands, and then we do this in the middle of the liturgy to sort of symbolize we're not holding grudges against anyone. We get amnesty in the liturgy. Right. So, you know, for anyone who wants amnesty, including the Atlantic article writer, that's where you get it, not anywhere else. But this holy kiss, they suspended. And even now, if I'm trying to do it with people, sometimes I'll get a little bit of a resistance and then someone will and go, oh, okay, it's fine. Right. Because I'm making the invitation to anybody who wants to do it that I personally don't care if I drop dead on the spot. No, no, I don't care. If I die in church, it would be the most beautiful blessing on earth. But that changed. Then there was, you know, other processes that changed. I'm sure it happened in Roman churches as well. It happened in churches. The liturgical changes were the most annoying thing for me because for me, that's like how I get over my addiction, my addictive mechanisms, my own trauma. It's like I have to go there and I have to go through that process right. in the liturgy and I have to give it to Christ. I throw my trauma on him. So I was getting really irritated that that process for me was getting interrupted. I'm like, oh, it's not supposed to work like that. It doesn't go like this. We do this and we do this. I think, hold on a second. I'm like policing, policy enforcing the liturgy now. Oh my God. <laughs> Am I Karen? <laughs> yes, you are. You're also over the time that you said you had. And, and I can, I can, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I can stay and talk to the chat for a bit. Um, but, but Kilts has, right. Kilt has a, has a, I gotta run. has an appointment now. Um, but yeah. I, uh, I, so we always end with like to be continued and it's totally to be continued. This is not something yeah. we can say it's past, it's over. It has transformed the world and we don't know what we just lived through. To, 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 to imagine that we can just let it go and forgive everyone. That's not, that's kind of irrelevant to the, who are we now? I mean, we guess, of course we can forgive because we're Christian, but the, the, what have we been transformed into by way of this, mm -hmm. this event? Yep. Your circuits have been broken. All right. I really got to go. Okay. Bye. Chat. I'm still here. If you want to, you want to talk about other stuff. I got some more memes. No, that one's boring. Okay. Okay. So chat. Um, Buzzsaw bear. I have no shelves in one of my bathrooms made a tower on the back of the toilet. I think that you guys are talking about toilet paper now. <laughs> um, Casey was saying people were hoarding toilet paper enough to build towers in their living rooms. The, the toilet paper hoarding was that, that. So, you know, we're still sort of stuck with the supply chain 
history. I have to let the feed, the 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 stream catch up with what what you guys are seeing and, and talk about. Okay, Buzzsaw Bear. I'm not surprised they let her wear that as a mask. Surprisingly, nobody ever said anything, right? It's like that. This is this is what was interesting about the 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 mask rules on campus. Um, was this this was perfectly fine, and I I actually wore maybe not that one because it's purple, but I wore a black one that I have to the inauguration of our new president. And again, I you know the staff who saw me going into the chapel with the masked faculty and and everything around me um tended to just say oh that looks lovely <laughs> so i you know i think it was the the performance level the the kind of theater of what we were and who we were was was very present throughout this whole experience so um, Silent Draco says supply chain issues means people now notice how much industry got offshored. Oops, yes, <laughs> we're, we're very much feeling there. Casey, the rules were always about control. That's why no one questioned you about its quality. Well, I mean, it it, it the thing is, it has the the right. I mean, the level of coverage and and they didn't care. What they wanted was to make sure that I fit their category of rules, which was wear something over your face. Yeah. So the mask that is, yes. Okay, well so now that Kilt had to leave early and I'm 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 here for a little bit longer if you guys want to have ask questions. You can ask questions about anything. I don't have stupid questions yet because I'm not not practiced enough as as Vox is, but what do we want to talk about? I can practice being with the chat for a little bit. <laughs> I don't think you're focused, Buzzsaw Bear. Masks are great for relationships, then so again are light switches. Well, we did have, we did have in the, uh, with the images, I still have Kilt smiling at us as she, she disconnects. Um, couples should wear face masks during sex, new study insists. And this, I, what I did, I did notice in some of the, um, the way the, uh, done with the jokes. Okay, Buzzsaw Bear. Um, the the in the memes that people were sitting, I couldn't tell whether they were jokes or they were satire or actual. Like this one, couples should wear face masks during sex. Who said that? How could that have possibly been real? Um, or you know, here Gavin Newsom as new as COVID nineteen cases and hospitalizations continue to rise. Thirty counties will now be required to close indoor operations for fitness centers, places of worship, offices for non critical sectors personal care services, hair salons and barberships, malls. These are, how are these real? And, you know, if Lewis says it's, you know, the tyranny of, you know, exercise for the good of its victims, that's what we were, that's what Kiltson and I are trying to talk about. It's like, exactly how do we end up? Again, and Solzhenitsyn can say it all he likes, right? The line of good and evil passes through every human heart. We still haven't dealt with that line and we only look at it at the degree of like, oh, if you end up in gulags and oh, if you end up in concentration camps and oh, if you, you know, end we did it every single day we went out and did or didn't talk to each other over 
the measures that were being taken for our own safety, for our own good. Um, Casey, proofs that masochism was an element of voluntary compliance. The sex mask, yes. <laughs> Bessel Bear, Teresa Tam from Canada had the same type of BS regarding relationship sex. You get you get the idea that maybe they they weren't actually interested in the relationships. They were just interested in their own kink, I suspect. Um, yeah, so this, this was, um, you know, please forgive and forget we didn't know. Well, yes, somebody knew because you were sending dogs and police with batons against people who were marching to be able to go back to normal life. Like they weren't even trying to go back to, a, you know, they weren't trying to change the government in any way. They were just saying, can we go back to who we were before you created this fake emergency? So are we still now human? Casey, we still haven't dwelt with the trauma of the First World War. Is there any hope? Um, you know, that, let's, let's, let's think about that. We have, we haven't dealt with the trauma of the First World War. Um, back when I was in the, my first live streaming uh, practice was with Three Craters Symposium. And in one of our episodes we talked with Michael Walsh who had done a really good book on music and historical change and the diabolic right the fiery angel um, and he was talking in the book about how in the first world war you lose a whole generation of young men I mean it's like our the failure of masculinity now the bravest young men the ones that volunteered to go from you know all the colleges as officers and the the um, men who ended up in the trenches, the, the ones that end up being the models for Frodo and Sam, right? The, the, the courageous officer and his batsman. That generation was, was, you know, cut down. You just don't, you don't, and they had never have children. They, and they, they therefore never become fathers who Tolkien did, and you know, writes us these great stories, but it's Tolkien's writing his letters to his son, Christopher, who's caught up in world war two. And you realize how many, World War One wipes out one generation. World War Two comes along and like smacks into the ones that were left. And Europe has, has since then not had a masculine culture to carry on. And no wonder their fathers were all killed. In the United States, we had fewer people killed, um, you know, directly. And those men come back and I guess start up the 50s and 60s. But whatever happened in the 50s and 60s i don't think we've dealt with that either from the side of what the atomic bombs really were either actual weapons or excessive fire bombing one way or another the americans have not dealt with the destruction that we caused in those air aerial bombardments and you know, how that trauma fed into when it happens in the seventies and then we end up with the abortion trauma that we're still living through. I mean, modernity, it's like you worry about whether we were in the middle ages. It's like modernity is one layer of trauma after another. Um, Herbert wrote Dune in 1965 and this, this kind of test, can you, can you stand up against the illusion that your hands being burned off and not flinch? It's very interesting that that's that he that's a, that's an image from 1965. That's the year I was born. So my entire life has been lived under the Gom Jabbar, I suppose. Can you 
hear the story about how you're all going to be incinerated in a nuclear blast? Can you hear the story about how um, you know your government is not to be trusted? Can you hear which which version of can you keep your hand in the box and not flinch? Have we had to stand up against? Um, Mike 1000, any tips on how to reflect on this time as a period of spiritual trial? Yeah, this, I mean, I I do think it was interesting that Dune came out last summer when, I mean, they've obviously been filming the, the movie for a bit, but that you end up with a film about standing up against the drug lords, and yet you need the drugs to keep your economy functioning, right? Whatever the spice is, they need it for the travel, they need it for the 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 leaping that they're making across the the um, galaxy and their spaceships. What we're living through is um, particular to our own time and very recognizable as the kind of temptations humanity seems to fall into over and over and over again. And that's what our big DCR project is, Draco Alchemicus, which is the um, trying to show the way the, the the dragon of alchemy, the dragon of the drug trade, takes over the the people and that they surrender to it willingly. Um, Buzz Salbera, best men tricked into war, lest we forget. I'm questioning celebrating remembrance veterans. I, I you know, I recognize that too now, and I've, I've talked about this in other streams where... Um, what Mel Gibson was able to show in Apocalypto was the way in which the society sacrifices its warriors. I mean, they take, they capture other people's warriors like a draft and take them to the, the pyramid and sacrifice them. But that, I mean, most of Mel Gibson's movies are, you know, willingness of the father to defend his family, but with the recognition of what uh, the state is calling upon the soldiers to do, which is die as sacrifice for the, the government. For the no, not for the government, for the social structure. And that we are caught up in that kind of trial now. This is our version of it. This is our Gomjabar moment, but it's not like others have not faced a similar sort of problem. Um, Casey's 2021's Doom was magnificent. And Best Love Bear, I like the old Doom better. Well, I mean, I I watched both of them, you know, rewatched the the David Lynch one after I saw the 2021 one. They're different and for different moments. And I like the 2021 one very much. But then I read the book and I realized that, you know, Herbert capturing whatever hap was happening in the mid-60s. We've been in this test since um, the, you know, my entire life. It's It's not like it's just happened in this last year. Silent Draco, the nuclear threat was advertising marketeer overplayed. If the bomber doesn't get through, it doesn't occur. Well, I ended up, my father, I mentioned him a lot, having my cat die, who he gave he gave me the cat. I had a fight with my father in the 90s over the reevaluation of whether the nuclear bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki were necessary. And he was of the generation that believed that it was absolutely necessary to drop the bombs in order to end the war, right? And I think that you could say that was his kind of this mask lockdown moment. They believed, they absolutely believed that those bombs were necessary to save everybody. 
And we've just lived through a version of that. It's like, it's absolutely necessary to lock down the society and destroy the businesses and cripple the children's learning um, because otherwise more people will die. And you, you recognize the structure, the shape of that particular kind of coin. Um, Casey, Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge was brutal. I, I haven't watched that one, so I don't know. Turn Flaying, the South Americans committed the worst genocide in human history. Um, there have been a lot of genocides in human history. The Mongols were pretty effective at wiping out large cities. Um, I mean, this is maybe one day Kiltz and I can do a an episode where we're talking about this kind of historical repetition. I, I again, the there's all like we're we're living in a unique moment of human history because every moment of human history is unique, and then we're also living in in repetitions. Um, I don't know what this meme was about. It's like, how, why did they turn dark? Critically ill Wuhan doctors wake up to find their skin turned dark after beating coronavirus on the verge of death. I don't, I don't remember what that was about, but it's, it's this sort of weirdness of different kinds of things that came out of this time, like the willingness that people had to cover themselves up, swathe themselves in plastic. Um, what does the amnesty even mean? I mean, it's like, the, I think this is the, the problem for war, right? When a war is over, everybody says, oh, we need to give, you know, we need to stop and forgive everybody that was on the opposite sides. And um, then the historians come along and say, well, we do need to actually understand how we ended up in this, this conflict. And yet they're, they're, you know, they're, they're continuously similar and seem to be able to repeat themselves regularly. Mike 1000, hard to face the horror of having made the wrong decision. What's interesting is we make the wrong decisions constantly. I mean, I, I can easily end up in tears over the mistakes that I made growing up and the choices that I made and how can I, you know, and, and they, they ratchet back to, you know, this bad decision that I made when I was 12. And, and you're like, how? How do we not make bad decisions? This is, needs to be the moment where we end up on our knees before the cross saying, I'm a sinner. And so you know, go the Atlantic article saying, you know, we want to just forget about it and go, go move on. It's like, no, we, we, none of us get to forget about it because we all made mistakes. Somehow there were, I, you know, I made mistakes in the course of the last couple of years. Maybe I could have done things better. Maybe I, I you don't know. It's like to, to have this, this premise that you're not going to then shouldn't be examining how you made your choices is silly. I think. <laughs> Great meme again. Well, the, the, the you guys sent the memes in, so I want to show you the ones that we chose. Um, the the religious, you know, the, the 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 degree to which people are able to recognize that this this whole exercise was on the level of religious belief, and why you know the the um, I don't know what these characters are called, but the smug guy saying, "You're not fooling me. I know you use hell to scare people into submission." Well, yeah, and he's saying it to the priests um, with a mask on. There's literally no reason you guys would ever lie. You have absolutely nothing to gain talking to Fauci and is that Gates and Biden. Um, yes, it's, it is very interesting which version of either authority or hierarchy or trust we're willing to accept and not willing to accept. And one hopes certainly with the religious authorities, we've, we've examined our, our souls well um, to choose the right one. Um, 
Basel Bears, have you or anyone else read 1984 and watched the movie? I found the movie so close to the images represented in the book. I haven't read the book since college, so I, I maybe I need to read the book. And I think we had it. We had a um, we had a Big Brother meme somewhere in in the in the group. Samuel H. If we don't have the personal regular confrontation with our own wrong decisions, we can't as a society seize it. But um, I think there, Samuel, you have another thought in there. Buzz Bear. Rachel, did you get these from Fox's Best? Probably not since I haven't seen them. No, I made a plea on Social Galactic and in Telegram for people to please send me memes. And then I, we, Kilt and I chose the ones that we wanted to use as we were talking. Um, this is my absolute favorite because, of course, it's a corgi. Uh, but I will say, watching me, uh, watching Vox do his meme review, um, either I'm judging on the basis of his commentary and then I, you know, he says the number and then I'm, I'm usually going to say what I got my Jeopardy number right in there. Um, or maybe I'm good at picking memes and I pick the same ones Fox does. I'm not sure which it is, <laughs> but we're going to go with day 18 of lockdown, filled the dog with helium as just my favorite because it's dogs, right? Uh, Silent Draco, state replacing church in that meme, value the body and not the soul. Yes, and I have, of course, written in my scholarship a lot about the problem of, um, you know, the way the Middle Ages are told as the church, as totalitarian and oppressive. And we're probably in our history discussions going to get to when I talk about the Inquisition and we explain why that's another of these, these um, vending machine stories. So the vending machine takes over from the church as a guide, obviously, and we need to we need to work on that, but we'll go back to the, the, uh, okay. So this one with the, all I'm saying, I got three polio vaccines in a year and still got polio. I'd start asking some questions. I am now reading a lot and we were trying in this, in this episode, we wanted to talk about the social experience that we've been through, but the, the problem with where medicine has gone and the degree to which we've bought into the snake oil in modernity is one, things that we're reading about for Drake Alchemicus, and two, yeah, um, it's all been snake oil. Definitely. So here we have the helium dog, who is the best meme ever because they float. Um, and back to the amnesty. So we made it, okay, we made it, we made it through. Um, Turnfling, there were times when thousands were sacrificed a day for hundreds of years in many civilizations. The, the phenomenon of human sacrifice, I think, is needs we need to, to look at that and and meditate on it a lot. I mean, abortion clearly was. It's it's Anne Hathaway is right coming out right now with a a a, a claim that we explored in Centrism Games about you know these Hollywood actresses saying it was worth it you know, I sacrificed my, my child for my career. Um, th I mean, that is straight up a decision to kill another human being in order for to have a particular earthly um, outcome for yourself. So we're still doing it. It, it. it can be very easy to be saying, well, look, the, you know, the, 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 the Spanish come in and save the people that the Aztec were um, using as their sacrifice source, but then the the Spanish turn around and introduce, you know, 
plantation encomienda systems for extracting labor and the mines that the Spanish set up are famously quite um, brutal. The English, of course, help with the stories about the Spanish and the degree to which they make sure that the Spanish look like the good guys. History is one long exercise in trying to figure out whether or not the story that you're being told is the propaganda version or the record action or probably what actually happened in the end. Human beings seem to be very clearly capable of enormous brutality against each other. Um, you know, I say uh, I'm Christian because I recognize that indeed only God can take that on, carry the sacrifice and short circuit the impulse. Somehow we have this impulse to murder other human beings with the idea that it'll be a, of our benefit. And the Romans certainly did that. I mean, they did that with crucifixion to you know, humiliate and quell slave revolts, but they also do it in their games, their gladiatorial games, which is the Spartacus story, right? He's a gladiator. He's trained to kill in the, in the ring for, and they did that very nicely in the movie too, the Spartacus movie. It's like, it's, it, these are religious rituals. The Romans are going to have murderous combat as a, religious offering to the gods so we don't we i we talked about kilton i talked about this last time with you know my pirate ancestry you don't kind of nobody gets out with the story in which we're unreservedly the good guys that 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 i i confess you know some years ago to more maybe daniel hannon kind of national review version of we're the good guys because western civ you don't we don't actually get that version either we're just sinners so oh, <laughs> silent draco love the helium dog yeah that's i remember seeing that one at the time and and that 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 kept me happy the helium was in it um buzzsaw bear how does one stay faithful when it seems evil keeps prevailing throughout centuries now I think, you know, Vox talks about that really well. It's, it's, we live in a fallen world. Now, I am um, kind of sleep deprived and sad from my cat and uh, therefore did not do my homework as well as I should have for my class in Angels and Demons. But we did read a book this weekend, this past weekend on the, the free will and the fall of the angels, the fall of the rebel angels in 13th and 14th century scholastic philosophy and you would think that these guys they're you know highly logically trained they're reading their aristotle they're doing their dialectic they know how to make strong syllogisms they could not solve it which is how we end up with nominalism which is maybe yet another episode for a stream we can give you i'm feeding you lots of topics that you can tell me whether you want to hear more about um the problem of where evil came from at least in scholastic dialectic was not solvable they could not figure out exactly why in the instant he was created lucifer turned away from god they, they, they i mean they what what it there's a there's a kind of um uh, asymptot asymptotic division of well it was this instant no it was the second instant after he was made no there couldn't have been an instant after he was made when could he turn there's no moment when he could you could do it in a story form and say Tolkien does in the Anilindale when Melkor turns against the 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 themes that Luvatar has proposed but logically God created everything good no there should be no sin it, it's and yet we I think it's also 
theologically um just as impossible to say that god made the evil or that you know evil has equal reality with god's goodness i would say aquinas was smarter than me but he didn't solve it so i'm not sure um the battle is ongoing and i think that you know from our perspective the correct answer is christ came to save us from this and he has given us in his um you know offering of himself to us the way out if we serve him and and there is a sort of practical level of there it's like evil is real serve christ but the the the, the why the evil is there yeah we can we can do another um Casey, R.I.P. Sophie Cat. Yeah, she. I know kind of the moment she died because I was watching her breathing get shallower and shallower and shallower. And there was a moment when she just went. And it was this morning. She was sitting next to me. Turned playing. Satan was made to rebel, in my opinion. It, it doesn't work to make Satan made to rebel because then you make God the source of the evil. Um, and, you know, the that say that. It's good to be made with free will and to have choices. That makes more sense. We done it. We you know we want to be able to choose to go with everybody in in our society rather than have to stand up against the evil that's being had. We get that in a practical, like within the game level. But from the game outside design level, other than it makes life more exciting and we get to level up and you know be tested. And God does seem to. I mean. The scholastics talk about this, how God uses the angels, the, the fallen angels, to test us. And Satan, you know, Job is given Satan. Satan comes and asks, can he test Job? And God says, yes, right? So there's these weird stories that philosophically are actually very difficult to parse. And as I said, the, the book we were reading was by Tobias Hoffman. And it's, you know, the free will and the, the rebel angels. And... As far as I can read in it, his, he's, you know, Hoffman's a great expert on the scholastics and worked very carefully through all of their proofs, but they, they, they parse and parse and parse and then Occam comes along and says, nah, nah that works. You know, with nominalism and the, the, the problem of solving why that there is evil is real. Why there is evil is, is harder to explain. Yeah. Um, So, Bessalbeer, sorry to hear about your cat. Get some sleep and thank you for your stream. Thank you, Bessalbeer. Um, Silent Dragon says, Free will comes to mind, beings with the choice to magnify God or turn away. Jay, otherwise, how could you say what is good without something evil to compare it with? Silent Dragon, long discussion on this will ensue. Bessalbeer, Jay, you say good can't exist without evil, but. It seems there is much more evil these days. So, you know, I, I, I would say maybe we're more aware of it. I, I mean, one of the things that we're learning is how much the evil that we're experiencing has been with us for a long time. And generationally, I think we need to continually become aware of it. Children are born innocent, uh, born with original sin, but also in innocence, which I do also accept the 
the description. I believe Vox is maybe Owen has given it. It's like why why do people prey on children to try to turn them to sin because their innocence is is so great. I mean, also children's attention is so immediate and intense. Adults are not as good at paying attention to each other. Um, each generation has to learn it anew and each generation has to fight it. I, I don't think, I don't think I actually believe that the evil is greater now than it has ever been. Um, except insofar as there's more people that we are dealing with, but um, the, the world's been evil for a long time. Silent Draco, we might have to wait for the day, that day to get the answer. Yes, very likely. Casey, we're more aware of the evil. The information age assures that. Well, and interesting that we're more aware of the evil and therefore it can't hide, right? So we're in this new light, this, this, the light of the internet that we're traveling along in the the fiber optic cables of light and to, to all of this light shining on our sin is hopefully helping more of us turn to Christ. So, well, I'm now aware that I've, I've been here as long as we tend to promise and I'm enjoying talking with you all about, about the question, but I, I promise you, I can't answer it right now, and um, I'm I'm curious to see how how you all continue to talk about it. So maybe we should, yeah. Well, we can we can we can we can definitely to be continue on on this. Where does evil come from, and why is it? But I don't but don't despair. I, I I I'm always in this situation of being weirdly joyful in the midst of all of the sorrow because I am, if nothing else, a great reader and child of Tolkien's hope that we are in the story that the light is shining on even when we lose our kitties so, so thank you for the memes thank you for joining me thank you for being part of the community that stood up against this generation's trial and may we continue to learn from it so good night, everybody, and see you next week on the Mosaic Arc.